Ephesians chapter 2. We'll be looking at a couple different passages this morning, but first in Ephesians. Does anybody know where the tallest building in the world is? I have a picture of it, so that should, uh, that should uh, help you stir your memory if you recognize the picture. Dubai, that's right, Dubai. It's called the Burj Khalifa. It's about 163 stories tall uh, and currently is the tallest building in the world, although there are other buildings that are in the planning stages that will dwarf this if they really come about. One is supposed to be, this one's one half of a mile, or a little over half a mile, and there's ones that are already talking about up to two miles. I don't know, no, 1.25. So more than twice as tall as this that are already in the talking stages. I don't, talking is different than building, right? So who knows what's going to happen. But this currently is a building that's already over one half of a mile straight high, straight up. And I think when you look at a building like this, it's hard not to think, you know, I bet there was some, uh, somebody involved. Nobody looks at that and says, I bet that just happened. <laughs> now, everybody looks at that. Everybody says, oh, you know, that took a lot of work, a lot of effort, a lot of money, a lot of expertise. I mean, can you, uh, even if you had all the time in the world, could you put one of these up? Uh, no, I don't think so, most of us. So uh, a lot of expertise and then, uh, you know, even the supplies and, and all those things to make that work is, uh, is an astonishing thing for us to even wrap our mind around. And I bring this picture up here, first of all, because um, God talks about an illustration of a building project in His Word. He talks about us as believers being a part of a great building or a great building project that he is working on. And that building that he talks about in God's word, we know, will be more magnificent than the Burj Khalifa or whatever else man has to put up in the next few years. And this building that he talks about in his word says that it will, will last forever. It will be an eternal building. And it will be of great significance. It's called in God's word a number of different things. In Ephesians here, he calls it a holy temple. In another passage we're going to look at in just a minute, he calls it God's building. That's kind of my favorite. This is God's building. Uh, another passage, he talks about it being a spiritual house. And in each of these, he's talking about this building project that he has going on that we will be looking at this morning briefly. But let's open our time in a word of prayer. Father, we just thank you for gathering us here today. Uh, as we look at things that are happening in other parts of the world, it's a good reminder that you have your church gathered all over the world today, many different time zones and many different places, and that you've been working for centuries building your church. And so we just look forward to hearing about this from your word, what your plan is, and what our part is in that plan. And Father, I pray that that might be very clear today as we look at your word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. As uh, believers that have been around the church for a while, we're very familiar with the word edify. Edify is, we, we heard early on, means to build up, right? Um, and so we are to be building up or strengthening other believers. But what I didn't actually ever really think about, and maybe you haven't, maybe you have, is what are we building? I mean, we're always told early on we're supposed to be edifying and building up one another. Maybe we even talked about what it meant to edify. But I never really put my mind around, well, what, for what purpose? What are we building? And fortunately, in our English language, and I'm sure it's similar in a lot of different languages, we have another word that, you know, can, can very similar called edifice. Uh, we have a, the same idea with build and building. Um, we have this 
this word that tells us it's a, an imposing, magnificent cathedral or skyscraper. And so what I'd like to do today is talk about edifying, but not just for the sake of edifying, but edifying for a purpose, and that is to bring something to completion. And so when God tells us to be involved in building up one another, it's not just because he's commanded that to us, it's because he is working towards some goal. And he tells us what that is. And so just to, to a quick, you know, brief reminder of what it means to edify, one of the best ways for us to think about edification or edifying one another is the one another passages in God's word. And we're familiar with many one another passages. Maybe the most famous would be to love one another. We understand when we love one another, we are edifying one another. We are building up one another. But are we realizing that we are building up one another towards completion and towards the completion of one project that God is working on? And we are told in God's word that we are to forgive one another, not only because he first forgave us, which is obviously important, not only because he commands us to forgive one another, which obviously is important, but because he tells us that he is building, he is using the forgiveness that we give towards one another to accomplish a finished project, a goal. He tells us that we are to comfort one another. We are to rejoice with one another. We are to mourn with one another. We're edifying in all these different ways. We are to submit to one another. We are to carry one another's burdens. We are to be kind to one another. We are to warn one another. We are to teach one another. We are to pray for one another. And these are all specific ways that we are to edify one another. But for what purpose? And the purpose is that God is putting together a building project, bringing it to completion. And when we are involved in the edification or the building up of one another as believers, we are involved in this process. And so we'll see that in the book of Ephesians here to start with. We are in the process of building something up of eternal substance and significance that will always be. Ephesians chapter 2, starting in verse 19, but the background is this, is that God has been working for many centuries, but he has recently, not so recent now, but in the passage when it was given, he has recently brought in through the work of his son, Jesus Christ, the Gentiles into this project that he was working on. And so now we have the joy of being a part of what he, is, what he is doing here. We pick it up in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19. He says, so then you, and he's talking about the Gentiles, the ones there in Ephesus. So you then are no longer strangers and aliens. Back in verse 12, he said, you were once outside of all these things. You were without and without and not, didn't have these things. But now, as Gentiles, through the blood of Christ, you have been brought into. You are no longer strangers and aliens. But you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Now, as I read through this passage, start looking for those building or construction type words. So he starts out by saying that you are members of the household of God built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure, being joined together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. So as we were reading through there, you should have saw a whole bunch of building construction type words in there. Uh, household, but he also uses the word built and foundation. 
and cornerstone and the whole structure and temple again and built again and then a dwelling place. So I think we get the idea, right? He's using an analogy of a building for us to understand here. It tells us that God is constructing this grand, spiritual, eternal temple, this great edifice that he is going to eternally live in. That's what we're told in the last verse there. It says in verse 22, In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. So God is going to live here. We know he already does live among believers. But at one point in time, he is going to live in a more uh, revealed way than he even does at this point in time. And so we hope for that and we look forward to that. And so God is doing this building project. And he talks about us as being the material in this building, this great temple. He says there, in him you also are being built together. You Gentiles, you also are being built into this building. He talked about Jesus Christ being the cornerstone. He talked about the foundation being of the apostles and the prophets. And it says that we are being built upon this foundation that has been laid. First Peter tells us that we are living stones in this spiritual house that he is building up, this holy temple. And so while it is true that we are the material that God is using to build this, this temple, we also, I hope, understand that we are not fit we are not worthy to be a part of this temple. We are not worthy to be the place where the holy God dwells. We're not worthy to be a part of the holy temple. But yet we are 100% confident that this will take place. And the reason we're 100% confident this will take place is because we know that God is the one who is doing this work. And we're told in Scripture that He is going to be the one who takes unrighteous people and makes them righteous. And he is going to take unworthy people and make them worthy. He's going to take sinful people and he's going to sanctify these people. And God, without a shadow of a doubt, is going to complete the work in our individual lives. We know that. But he's also going to complete the work of the big project of all of us together. And so we have full confidence in that. Even though we know we're not worthy, we know that he is going to do this work in our lives individually, but also collectively. And so we look forward to this. This is our hope. And this is what he's telling about in this passage in Ephesians. If you turn with me to 1 Corinthians 3, another similar passage that Paul speaks about in this building analogy, the same building analogy. Different context. In 1 Corinthians 3, where we're looking now, there was a, a bunch of immature believers who were acting um, poorly. In 1 Corinthians, maybe you've gone through the book recently, you understand. There was a lot of little problems, there were a lot of big problems that were going on there. And he wants to encourage them. And the way that he encourages them is says, Hey, don't you know what you're a part of? God is building a holy temple and you guys don't look too holy. And so he's telling them, Hey, he needs to warn them that be careful about how you conduct yourself because of what God is doing. And so we look at this passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Starting in verse 9, he says, For we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, God's building. So he uses three different analogies in there in one verse. He's already talked about being God's fellow workers. He's already talked about God's field that some planted, some watered, and God gave the increase. We're familiar with that passage previously. But now in chapter 3, verse 9, he goes into his third analogy, God's building. And so from the next few verses here, he's going to talk about this analogy as God's building, we as believers. And so he says, verse 10, according to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, 
I laid a foundation. Now, Paul says, I am the one that God gave the privilege to be a part of on the foundation stage. And it was only by the grace of God, because you know my past history, he says, and God took me on the, the road to Damascus and turned me around. So I, had, I was a blasphemy. I was killing believers. I had no right to this. But God in his grace did a work in my life and allowed me, by his grace, to be, a, to be the one that he used in this, this fashion. And so he says that I was a skilled master builder. I laid the foundation and someone else is building upon it. But let each one take care how he builds upon it. So Paul understands, hey, I'm not going to finish the project. I'm only involved in the, the foundation stage, but the others are going to be others are going to come along and build upon what I have laid. Verse 11, for no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which Jesus, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold and silver and precious stones, wood, hay, and straw, each one's work will become manifest, for the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. Verse 16, do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him for God's temple is holy and you are that temple. So you saw a whole bunch of building analogies in there again. He, he told us at the very beginning that he's going to tell us about God's building. He uses all these building analogies. He tells us that he, Paul, had the privilege of being involved in the foundational stage, but he realizes that others are going to come and build upon it, including these Corinthians, including us. And so he's warning them that each one's individual work on this temple is going to be inspected. It's going to be evaluated and it will be determined whether it is um, worthy of being a part of this holy temple or not being worthy of being a part of this holy temple. And he says each one individually will be re rewarded based on their contribution. And so he, he tells them, uh, that this is their, the possibility for them. He also lets them know that there's a couple different ways that this could turn out for them. It could turn out at the evaluation that God says, no, that's a bunch of wood, hay, and stubble. That's of no significance. That has no part in this temple. It will be destroyed forever. No one will ever think about it, and they will never come up again. It will be of nothing. That's a possibility. There's also another possibility. It could be evaluated. God could look at it and say, that's like gold, silver, and precious stone. That is worthy through the work that God has done in their lives as they submit to him. And there is going to be a part of this eternal substance of this temple that he is going to dwell in forever and ever. And that's, that's what he tells them. And I think from time to time, we might forget what's going on. And we might forget what God is asking us to do. We might forget that our individual contributions are important on something of eternal significance. And we also might forget the, the holy temple that we are building and the significance of how it is that we should be conducting ourselves in such a work. And so Paul is warning them to be very careful. Um, some people might forget and think we're building something of less significance that can be done flippantly or half-heartedly or with wrong motives. No, no, don't get that idea, he's trying to tell them. So whatever you do, don't cause problems with what God's doing. Now, the Corinthians, they're, they're in a different place. They're not neglecting the work, which is bad enough, 
they're actually causing problems among the workmen. And he is telling them, hey, don't you understand that you're going to be held accountable for these things? And he says in verse 16, do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. If it turns out that you as a workman on the temple are causing problem with the other workmen and hindering the work on the temple, then you can expect for the, the project manager to show up and deal with it. And that's what he's telling the Corinthians. Now, hopefully that doesn't apply to us. Hopefully the other, the, maybe it's the other that sometimes we neglect what's going on, but it's a warning for us. Be very careful how you conduct yourself among the fellowship of believers because you're involved in a very holy, meaningful, substantive project that God is doing that has eternal significance. It's something that is of, of enduring and glorious meaning. And so we are to do our work each day with excellence, knowing and understanding our holy calling that God has given us to be a part of. If we don't, we can be assured that our work will be burnt up. And we would miss out on this great honor that we have, and we could settle for less. And so the encouragement is, encourage one another not to, to fall into this type of thinking or this kind of pattern of thinking. Don't let each other look out for each other and save them so that they also might be able to receive the rewards that God desires to give to them. So we work together in this. In addition to this, we have, uh, in addition to being uh, the workmen on the, the project that is going to last forever, the edifice, the eternal temple, God's building, we also understand that we are the raw materials in this building, that God is actually using us as the pieces or the parts, or the materials, and he is going to uh, work in our lives in such a way that we fit into this project. Now, if you look at yourself, you probably can know, yeah, I don't fit. And if you go to any building site, none of that stuff fits when it shows up, right? None of the, the boards are the right length. None of the, the electrical wire is the right length. None of the plumbing is the right shape. None of the concrete is in the right shape. And on and on we go. We understand all those raw materials need a lot of work to prepare them so that they fit in that particular building. And the same is true of each of us. And so this, these raw materials that we are, God is working in our lives through other believers. We are pounding and hammering and cutting and edifying one another in this project, preparing us to be a part of something of great significance. And so he talks about this in different places. And Peter, he calls us living stones. Corinthians, he says, you are that temple. Ephesians, in him, you are being built together. I read a passage in Hebrews 3. You are that house just this week. Another place in God's word that talks about that. And so he is taking the raw materials, us as raw people, and he is working together to construct this eternal dwelling place. We don't know how far along this project is. We know we're a lot farther along than Paul was. We know there's been many people that have been building upon the foundation that Paul had the privilege of laying uh, on Jesus Christ himself. We don't know if we were almost there, though. We, we talk about it all the time, like, hey, I bet, we're the, I bet we're the last story. I bet we're the last story. Maybe we are. And we certainly should live like it. And he says that we understand that there's, there's a finish you know, we have lived our whole lives in such a way that sometimes we think, well, we just build and then we die and then our kids build and they die and, they, and so on. And may, that may be the case for a while. We don't know. But we are to live in such a way that there is a completion in our mind, that we are moving towards a finished project. We might be on the 
297th floor of a 300-story building. We could be on the 299th floor. And there have been generations of people that have been working diligently, some even to their death, before us, and we are building on top of the foundations they are laid. They eagerly waited for this building to be accomplished. It wasn't done in their lifetime, but they are already in heaven as a great cloud of witnesses eager for us to be involved in finishing the project. You even know people in your own lives that are no longer here with us today who have been involved in this project now are in heaven waiting for us to complete this project and to celebrate all together when that takes place. There's many projects that we can throw our lives into, many edifices that we can really put our energy into in this life. And some of those things shine brightly and, and, and gather a lot of attention, um, but we understand that they won't last eternally. They will only last a certain amount of time. And so the, the challenge for believers is to have clarity on what it is that lasts forever and to throw our heart and our soul into this project so that we might be able to, to reap the benefits of it for, for all time. So we have something of clarity and something of purpose and something of substance and something of meaning. You know, halfway through your life, it never happens at halfway through your life. It happens about every week of your life. You're thinking to yourself, have I done anything meaningful with my life, right? You have that idea. And it goes through like you're like thinking about yourself and you're like, ah, whatever. And we have these thoughts and we're wondering because God made us to do things that are meaningful and lasting. And now we're not always the best assessment of ourselves. That's not what I'm focusing on. But what I'm saying is we are meant to do something of eternal meaning and significance. This is why God created us. And so that is a healthy sense that if it, if it can focus our attention on what God wants us to do. And it's an amazing thing if you stop and ponder that God would allow little old us to be involved in this unbelievable building project. Uh, and if we submit to his word in our lives and we submit to his Holy Spirit when he works in our lives, we are told that we can be a part of something of something of great substance and weight. And we could have what the Bible calls a high calling that we could throw ourselves into. And my, my point today is to encourage you about our high calling, that we are builders on something of significance, that we are the building that God is moving and transforming our lives to, to prepare us to be a part of this. And so we want to, with excellence, finish this, especially remembering those who have gone before us who are patiently but eagerly waiting to celebrate the completion of this. And so my encouragement to you is to lift your eyes a little higher, not just be faithful. Being faithful is amazing, but being faithful with hope about the completion of the project. And hope will inspire faithfulness in a whole new level. And so my encouragement to you is also to think about what God is doing, not just here in Kettle Falls, but all over the world. People from every tribe and every language and every people and every nation, God is redeeming to be a part of this one building, this one project that he is doing. And so the encouragement to us is to be faithful and to finish strong, but with hope and with endurance and looking towards the goal. Back to the idea that the building is all over the world, there's one building. 
Uh, one of the things that we try to do as we're um, sharing as, as missionaries when we come back to the U.S. is to challenge people and say, hey, uh, if God has you here to work on this part of the building, that's fantastic. Keep doing the job that you're doing. Maybe God has work for you to do in another part of the building in another country or another place in the world. Be open to that, that God might do that. And if God has been working in your heart in any way in that, let me know. And I would love to hook you up with some resources so you start thinking and talking about those things. But there is a big project that, is, that God is working on that we have a huge opportunity to be a part of. And so another part of that is for us to, to take this time to thank you to be involved in building, not just here in Kettle Falls. We're thankful for a healthy church here, but you are also involved in ministry in South Africa, we know. I saw Mexico, other countries there that you're involved in as well, with a vision for something bigger than just our local area, understanding that God is doing this great work. And so we, we want to be thankful for you, uh, that you have that heart. And, and my encouragement always is to, great that you have that heart. Can you do it more and more? Can you, can you do it with even more enthusiasm as we get closer and closer to finishing this project? And we know the edifice is not complete because we're still here, right? And so as long as we're here, regardless of what age we are, we're still builders. And we're still building materials that need to be shaped and molded. And so there's never a time where, while we're still breathing, that we're not a part of this project and that we don't have a high calling and something to throw our whole heart and our whole soul and our whole mind into. And so my challenge is to you to see this as something of, of, of worthwhile investment and to have clarity um, from God's word what it is that he is building. And I trust that that's the, the case for you. I trust that you will continue to do what God has given to you, what he's laid out before you, and even seek beyond and say, God, what, what have you equipped me for? What are you doing in my life? Why are you doing these things? I want to be uh, faithful to what it is that God has given to you. Let's close in a word of prayer. Father, we just thank you for your word. Father, we thank you that we don't have to wander around in the woods and, and hope to figure out what the meaning of life is. Father, there are many things that we can see from nature that are beautiful and that give uh, praise and glory to you, and we certainly want to do that. But only through your revealed word do we have the kind of clarity that we can see today. So we thank you for giving us your word. Pray that we might be diligent students of it, that we might submit to it. Um, just pray for each of us that we would um, just praise you for the high calling that you've given us to be a part of something of such great significance. We don't really even grasp what it is. We only see a, a hint of it now through your word. One day we will be living it in a whole new way. We look forward to that with great hope. Father, I pray that you'll give us great strength and great encouragement as we leave here today to push forward and complete the work that you've given us to do. In your son Jesus' name I pray.